This is Terry Leroy from Granny Four Barrel and Leroy 13, and you're listening to the Brutally Delicious Podcast. Just sticking with uh, the Granny Four Barrel for a second, were you guys able to, yeah, yeah. with all the lockdowns, were you able to get in the same room and record, or are you doing it all like digitally? Yeah, it was all all virtual, all digitally. Um, and you know, it's not that far of a stretch, Bruce, because we kind of do that anyways. I mean, the guys are around in different states, right. and we send tracks back and forth anyways. So, but but it is it is it is different. It, uh, it is different to do the whole thing from start to finish that way. Right. Did you do recording like that as well? Oh yeah. So what, like yeah. using uh light stream or light pipe or whatever it's called or something like that? Yeah, so what happens is, uh, for example, well, so The Art of Deception that came out, that was already recorded. That was pre-pandemic. Mm-hmm. And it just, it happened like right at, right at the beginning of pandemic. So the song didn't come out until just recently. Right. But with the Leroy 13, what we did was uh, basically, you know, Will Hunt, he did his tracks. Aaron Pauly did his tracks. Troy McLaughlin did his tracks. Sammy Baller did his. They sent them over to David Bendeth. David compiled them, sent them back to me. I did my vocal track. We sent them back to David. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Uh, but we, yeah, we were never in the same room. I didn't know if you were doing, because I've talked to some people uh, that have been yeah. doing, some people have been doing these sort of recording virtual where they're recording, like cutting vocals while they're, you know, they're recording in another studio. And I know there's a latency issue and all kinds of other things like that. Well, that, that's partially true. When I did my vocals for Stand Up and Shout, uh, I went down to Montclair, New Jersey, and I was in a studio that David Bendeth wasn't in. However, he was on the phone and he was guiding the engineer because it was like at the, at the pinnacle of the, of the pandemic. And actually, it was just about one year ago yeah, wow. that we recorded that. So it didn't get released until November. But Interesting. So I know the music business has changed since we've both uh, grown up in you know, the album model. You guys are releasing singles now, like like a lot of people are. The art of deception is that the uh, the game plan going forward, or do you find yourself wanting to get back to the you know the long form that we grew up with? I would love to get back to the long form, but yes, currently it seems to work better. You can focus a lot of attention and a spotlight on that one track, and you can work it for quite a bit of time. And I also feel like it doesn't allow for other songs to be lost especially well with a band like ours we we're we're an up-and-coming band yeah we've been around for a while but we're kind of on this b level we're not like superstardom if you release a record that you work so hard on and you don't have the right momentum and push behind it it's it, it just gets burned out and all of a sudden in five minutes it's old news and it's like hey where's your next record and it's like are you kidding me we spent all this time to do this record so it's like focus on one song at a time right now it seems to work i mean that's what the kids are into they have that really short attention span i do all kinds of video shorts and that's what they want they want the five minute that's exactly. it let me, let me my son you know let me download the one song i don't want to hear a full record and i want to listen to you know yes. at the stoplight or something very, very different than when we grew up, I think. Sure. Because what I'm, and I'm sure. sure you're the same way, you know, like I miss the artwork and it was a whole process for me going to the record store, you know, go buy it on a Tuesday with your paper out money, buy the record, enjoy the artwork, 
put the needle on and listen to it the way it was supposed to be played. And it's, it was an experience more than a digital download. Does that make sense? Oh, those were the, those were the, those were the days, man. It's, yes. it's, it's weird how we've changed. Everything has changed so much. But anyway, so what do you guys have plans? I guess either bands, what'd you say the other band was? It's Granny Four Barrel and Lucky 13? Leroy 13. Leroy 13. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you guys planning on doing any sort of live streaming stuff or does the theatrical element not really lend itself to a, a live stream? Well, we've got more songs that we're talking about doing videos now. We can, you know, since pandemic is loosening up, we should be able to get together. So we're already having conversations about how we're going to release another song and another video uh, for both projects. Right. And we've got another great all-star lineup uh, coming with the, with the collaborative band, Leroy 13. So there's some, there's some other star players. It's going to be cool. Cool. But uh, so getting to that point though, live stream wise, no, uh, no shows like in that, like people are doing that's not in the, the cards. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it could be, it could be, um, we, we haven't really discussed it. Um, management's talking to promoters right now. We're just discussing real shows. Agents, how we, how are we going to tour? Where, where are we going to, yeah. Where are we going to tour? Um, but it's a, it's possible. It's hard to rally that with everybody. Again, it's a travel issue. My guys aren't just in my backyard. Right. So it's a whole thing, you know, the, the vaccines and flying and everything. I think when the promoters or when this thing opens up and the promoters have to start booking, it's going to be like, I'd love your thoughts on it, but my thoughts are it's going to be like a free for all, right? Everybody's got to get out there and make money. Everybody wants to get out there and play, but there's only so many venues and so much money in the fans pocket. It's going to be rough, yeah. right? Yeah. It'll be like the wild west. Yeah. It's like, a, yeah. Floodgates are going to open and, yeah, it's going to be. And that's why we're we're doing our work in advance. We're trying to position ourselves, get on some good, solid tours. We got great management and we feel like we're going to have some nice opportunities. Yeah, I think that's probably the deal. The uh, the package deals may be the best uh, the best route for bands because you'll get a bigger crowd and people tend to spend more money and spend all day watching, you know, a four bill show or even a festival or whatever, but yeah. Yeah. Festivals are great. And we're talking about getting back over into Europe. Um, I'd really like to do that and uh, just kind of broaden the horizons, get some more exposure. So when you're writing, are you guys writing with the stage in mind and with the whole theatrical thing in mind, or are you writing the song for the song's sake and then working out all the theatrics later? Yeah. The latter. It's just, you know, work, work out the song because, I mean, even though it's shock rock, it's still just heavy metal. If, if the theme fits and uh, Granny can, I guess, you know, convey that message, then, then it works for that project. If not, well, we've got other projects that we're working on. So. Right. Okay. And I know it's shock rock and, and whatever, but is there a message or something you want your fans to take away from after listening to a Granny Four Barrel record or song or yeah, I think, performance? I, I really think that Granny exemplifies the best parts of rock and roll. And I don't want, I, I don't want us all to lose that. It's freedom of expression. It's nonconformity. It's, it's rebellion. I don't want to be politically correct. I want to do what I want to do with my art. And I think that Granny is like a, a middle finger to stereotypes. Right. I mean, I'm standing up there in a dress dressed like an old woman screaming, you know, Rob Halford high notes and just, 
you know, <laughs> right. it's like, what the hell is going on? It's a, it, it, and, and that's what I love about it. Do you think, and I don't know if this is applicable or if you even want to answer it, but do you think in today's culture, this whole weird vibe that's taken, especially in the United States, that it's going to be deemed offensive or do you worry about that at all? Or do you just, like you said, middle finger, go along? Well, it, yeah, it's certainly a concern of mine because I keep saying, hey, what's going on here? What's this going to do to rock and roll? Remember when they used to do that? Remember right. when they used to say that? No. <laughs> and I was like, but it's art. It's yeah. rock and roll. If you start clamping down on it, it's like, where's my rock and roll? I mean, there was some edgy shit that came out back in the day. Well, first thing that comes to mind is when Guns N' Roses hit the scene. Yeah. And I hadn't heard a lot of bands dropping F-bombs in songs at the time. And Axel was like, I mean, these songs were off the hook, not just because of the swearing, but the vocal was crazy. The, 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 the theme was, I mean, these guys were, it was sleazy. It was right. edgy. It was, and it was, and it was primal. And I loved it. I loved every minute of it. I was, I, I was do. kind of afraid of it. Yeah. And I still do. So yeah. one of, one of my favorite yeah. bands from back in the day is the Faster Pussycats. I don't know if you're familiar, but they, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. they, they never achieved, you know, Guns N' Roses, Roses status, but they were totally that, they embodied that sleazy L.A. And even to this day, I still love it. But I wonder when I listened to them, if, you know, you played them on the radio or if they played a show in town, what the crowd's going to look like and if anybody's going to even go because everybody's into this weird... I'm trying to dance yeah. around it, well, but I guess I could say it, right? Everybody's into this weird <laughs> cancel culture. Yes, it's true. Well, all I can say is hopefully all of their true fans show up and hopefully they get some new fans it's, that have an open mind to artwork. I'm just going to say that again, because please, please do not do not do this to art. In, any, do it to in art. any form, in, you know, in paintings, in anything, in any I form. agree. Yeah. And it, um, yes, I see that. And I, I didn't mean for this to get political, but here we are. Um, I see that as on the horizon almost, though, and it's scary. Yeah, well, let's see if rock and roll can take control again, because it's been shut down. It hasn't had a chance to breathe. Right. <laughs> right. It, took, it took a year off. Let's yeah. see if it can't come back out and say, hey, hey, this is rock and roll. <laughs> yes, this is what we do bounce out the gates and start, you know, asserting itself again. I mean, and it doesn't have go. to be that it's, you know, misogynist or any of that sort of stuff. Exactly. It, it could still yeah, yeah. be edgy and not misogynist or racist or, or anything like that. It could still be edgy rock and roll. Yes. Yep. I mean, two words, sexy and dangerous. Right. Let's keep rock and roll in that in that little bracket. But I agree right. with you. Yes. No misogyny. None, none of that. We don't we don't need any of that stuff. But you can still keep it sexy and you can keep it dangerous. Oh, and let's add another word. Primal. You yes. Can keep it primal. I 100 so. percent agree. And it doesn't have to be any of those other, you know, I have to apologize for. It could still be great rock and roll and I could still go to the show and, you know, have a great time. And exactly. And so hopefully yes. it's, hopefully it stays that way. Sorry about my political rant there, but I, I just didn't think I'm, about where hey, it's going to go. You. I'm with you hundred percent. Cause you know, I'm an old, <laughs> exactly. as you can see, well, I'm an old school guy, gray hair. And I have, I grew up on that stuff. And I often wonder when I listen to it, I often wonder when I listen to it, like, 
this would never be acceptable in today's culture, listening to a poison. Well, I, I do that a lot. I do that a lot. Nothing comes to mind immediately, but I drive around and I listen to the Boneyard on uh, Sirius and, you know, I hear a lot of great songs from the past on there. And sometimes I'm like, I just start laughing. I'm like, wow, dude, that would never, that right. would never fly. That would never fly these days. And I, I'm not saying that I agree with it, but it was the, it was the time period. So yeah. that's yeah. what it was. It was for uh, sure. We, we evolve and we, we find a way. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's fair. I, I just yeah. like seeing some of these guys still around, like the Fast the Pussycats just released a new record and I'm so about it. It's great. And they still have that vibe, you know, that LA. I guess you hang on to what you grew up with. It's true. You know, I mean, I guess, you, you know, my for parents. For a second, but I thought the Yeah. You know, my parents probably grew, have a, have a, uh, a liking or a longing for the 50s doo-wop or the early 60s kind of stuff or, or whatever like that. So I guess, you know, the 80s was me. I'm the Guns N' Roses guy yeah. and the Motley Crue guy and whatever. But anyway, so yes. what do you guys, what do you guys have planned next? You have another single being released here shortly or? What I'm going to do is I'm going to rotate projects. Um, they cross-pollinate each other. So Granny Four Barrel is currently part of Deception. We got the video. The song is out. I think it's, I don't know, six five, six weeks old. Um, we're going to let that work its cycle. And then the very next track that's going to come out is a new track from Leroy 13. It'll be another cover. And at some point when we build the catalog with Leroy 13, it'll have uh, some original songs, but now uh, it, it'll be some great covers from the past that I think that you'll love. Right. And they've never, well, one of one in particular has never had a remake on it. And oh, I'm, I'm shocked by this. So um, I've got some great players on this next round. I've got, well, I'll just tell you, because we're, in, we're actually in the recording process right now. So we've got Will Hunt on drums from Evanescence. Mm -hmm. We've got Dana Strong. Oh, we've man. Got Jeff Blando. Yes. And we've got Steph Burns and, um, and myself. And it's going to be great. We're going to do two tracks. Really? So yes. da Dana Strum, that was Slaughter and that was uh, Vinnie Vincent Invasion? Is that my, did I run my oh, knowledge yeah. right? Interesting. Oh, you did. Yeah, Dana Strum. It's, yeah. it's amazing the stuff you remember. producer. Yeah, that's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, producer extraordinary. He's great. He's great. So we're going to have a lot of fun with that. Is that something you're going to take out on the road or is that just a, like a recording project and everything else is Granny Four Barrel? Well, I was talking to Dana about that the other day, and we said, you know what? Let's just fire it up. Let's put it out there. Um, he's super busy right now because everything's opening back up. So he's, you know, he's doing stuff with Vince Neal. He's doing stuff with Mark Slaughter. But we're going to fit it in there, and you never know when something grows legs. And if oh, yeah. it does, well, we just go, hey, let's go do some shows. Right. So you'd, we're you'd having be, fun. We're just – You'd be willing to do that? I was just going to say in the end. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I like to multitask. And the, and the more bands that I'm in, I'm finding that I really enjoy it. <laughs> so I guess they're all about the same sort of, of genre, but do you have a hard time keeping them separate as far as music goes? Like, hey, I'm writing a song. This is a Granny Four Barrel song as opposed to Leroy 13 song. Or is that not an no, issue? No, I don't think so. Um, yeah, I don't think so. And we always... I personally write to fit the song. What is the mood of the song? What is the theme of the song? What does it require? It's always about the song. What's best for the song? Um, 
I, I feel like the undercurrent is always going to be heavy, but to what degree and what does heavy mean? Is it drop tuning? Is it super aggressive guitars? Is it a heavy theme? Right. So we just kind of got to weigh those things within the song. So are you writing songs specific? Yeah. Are you writing songs specifically for each project? Like I'm going to go sit and write a granny four barrel song now, or do you just write and then figure out where it goes? Yeah. I mean, in the past I've done that. It's like, okay, we need a song for this project. Okay. What, what are we missing? What should we, what should we write this one about? What are some categories and topics we can talk about? But lately I'm just letting things come to mind. It's like, I just want to write about this. I just want to write about this. And you know what? We're going to make it fit. It's going to fit somewhere. Right. So Especially if you've just got a creating, bunch of projects. Just creating art back to that word again. I, yeah. I got. I'm gonna have to go here in a few minutes, but I think the the creating art is very. Uh, I can't think of the word I'm looking for. In the '60s, it was born out of all that chaos and all that nonsense, and I think there's going to be a lot of really great art born out of all the nonsense we're living in now. Does that make sense? I know I stuttered there for a second, but. No, no, I, I agree. I agree. Yes. Whenever there's, whenever there's chaos, I mean, here's the thing with musicians and I, I feel like, I hope you agree with me on this, but musicians are really the perfect mouthpiece for what's happening in society. I mean, we're the ones that are telling about the world. This right. is how I feel. This is, this is the sentiment right now in the world. I mean, the musicians and the artists do, they're the ones that they're the ones that tell everyone. Right. And uh, so, yeah, born out of chaos yeah. um, and, like, uh, and angst. Yeah, it's like the Paul Revere. I mean, they're running with the lamp ahead of everyone else and saying, hey, here's what's going on. Here's what's going on in the world. You can hear it. I mean, you always know at any given time when you tune into a radio station and you start listening to a rock station, for example, yeah. in this case, you, you, you know what the climate is in the world. You just hear you yeah. hear the themes of the songs. You hear what people are singing about. So, you know, and musicians are the key to that. So don't shut down the artists. No, no. That's been the theme of the whole podcast, right? Leave art alone. Don't shut it down and don't cancel. I 100% agree with you. Awesome. I appreciate it, man. Hope that wasn't too bad. Did we get everything you wanted to cover? Did I miss anything? Yeah, no, that's great. I, it was really good to meet you. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really grateful to Chip for introducing me to you know, some folks that I haven't met before. And I was perusing the internet earlier and checking out your, you know, some of your, I, I didn't actually get to watch any of your independent no, no. films yet, but, right. I'm about to. but I was reading some things. The last topic I was on, and I don't remember what the band was you were talking about specifically, but, you know, can Christianity fit in the rock and roll world? And you started talking about Striper and uh, those are topics. I love all that stuff. And uh, it was, in, it was interesting. So, I mean, I'm an independent filmmaker. I just do it. I don't have a lot of gear, but I have a lot of ideas and it's a creative outlet for me. And probably sure. five or six years ago, I did that. The one you're talking about is called Metal Missionaries. And I didn't realize there was That's a... It. That's it. Besides Striper, I didn't realize there was a whole underground scene of really religious, really heavy, you know, like you were saying, down tunes kind of stuff, yep. you know, really yep. angsty, really dark. And so I immersed myself in that world for a little bit of time. And there's some really great stuff there. You know, message, wh wherever you land on the message, it doesn't matter. It's really great stuff. Oh, yeah. Great musicians. Great, yeah. great, greatly skilled musicians. Yeah, yeah. It's and, true. And like I mentioned earlier, I think I grew up that way as well. So, you know, I grew up in a, in a church setting 
or whatever. So it would kind of was interesting because I didn't have any of that growing up. It was all, you know, hymnals and whatever. So that was an interesting take on it as well. I had no idea. I've been in the metal world for a million years and really didn't know that little subgenre existed. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's so pretty I, cool. I play around. Um, I, got yeah, a, I got a friend. I got a friend who's a super Striper fan, and he's always sending me the latest Michael Sweet stuff. Going check it out because Michael Sweet, he's still doing stuff. Oh yeah, I mean, every five minutes there's another song by Michael Sweet. He's a I great know. singer. I've actually had him on the show a couple times. He's a really great guy too, and he's hustling for sure. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's yeah. just he just did that so, thing. Yeah. He did a thing with uh, Tracy well, Guns called Sunball. Okay. It's actually really good, and it's heavier okay. than, than a lot of his stuff. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. To, I'm sure I'll get a text message pretty soon <laughs> telling me about that. Awesome, man. <laughs> I appreciate you taking the time, though. It's very good to meet you, and uh, hope I didn't bore you because I get off topic sometimes. No, absolutely. Hey, man, you know what? We, we, it, we're just a couple of rock guys talking about rock and roll, and it was yep. cool to meet you, man. I mean, I, I, this doesn't get old. I mean, I could talk about this stuff for, you know, five hours. Oh, yeah. Of <laughs> I got a whole <laughs> list of things that I was going to bullet points. And then, you know, once I get talking, they go out the window and we just talk. So, Hey, man, that's what it's all about, dude. Just yep. off the cuff. I appreciate it. And I appreciate what you're doing to, to promote rock and roll. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you, man. Be well, stay safe, and hopefully we'll see you soon. Take care. Take care, man. See all you, right. Bruce. Bye. Yep. Bye-bye. Yes, rock everyone. I'm Hal Schwartz. And I'm Flynn McClain. Together we host None But the Brave, a podcast dedicated to the music and career of Bruce Springsteen. Bruce and E Street Band are on tour right now for the first time in six years, and we're taking a detailed look at what's happening on stage in our bi-weekly episodes. We've also been recently joined by some very exciting guests, including rock journalist Warren Zanes and Stephen Hyden, Backstreet's Magazine founder Charles Cross, and Barstool's Kirk Menahan. If you're a diehard Springsteen fan, this is the show for you. So please subscribe to Nimba the Brave on your favorite podcasting platform, and we hope to see you further on up the road. Thank you so much! We'll be seeing you!